I say that whenever uh, I'm preaching, uh, Paul said something that, that I think I want to maybe address a little bit. Paul said, I mean, rather Peter. Peter said that Paul said some things that were hard to understand and that many unstable, unstable souls wrestle. I don't, I don't want to go to the unstable place. But, but Paul said that, uh, Peter rather said that Paul said things hard to understand. Peter said a lot of things hard to understand also. But I want to just say that whenever I'm preaching, I try to just preach what God gives me. And I've, I've vowed to be that kind of a preacher and pastor. And so what I do is I may say something that you disagree with. I may say something you really disagree with. But know that it's coming from a heart that is given to seek God. You know, it's just given to. Uh, you know, I say that about myself. So somebody said to me about Jesus, they said, oh, you testified about yourself. Your testimony is like not valid. You know, Jesus says, even if I do, it's valid. So I'm just saying that I really do spend time in the word. I spend time in prayer. I spend time in consecration, separating myself. For the Lord, that's why I'm sitting down here. Because uh, no tengo fuerza, you know. <laughs> I don't have it, right? Well, say it again. Ah, lo creo, lo creo también, sí. That's mi vida, see, That's mi vida. It's my life. Yes, I agree. So, so, but what I want to just say is that if I say something that you disagree with, just hold tight. I will say something you agree with. <laughs> Just, just hold tight, because this is where we're going. In this world in which we live, we have come to the kingdom for a time such as this, and there's a lot of controversial things going on in the world. And you know, those of you who hear me and those of you online, I'm vehemently opposed to the world system. I just want you to know that. I am. And it doesn't matter where it is. It can be in my family. I'm, I'm vehemently opposed. It can be in my relatives, I'm vehemently opposed. It can be at the, on the political left or the political right, and I'm not either one of them. I think they're both corrupt. And so if I say something, I'm just trying to follow Jesus. I find that he's my compass, and he's the person I'm going to. So I may say something that offends you, but just know I don't mean to. All I want to do is preach the truth. Now, now with, with that being said, let's get started. <laughs> uh, yesterday, Sister Susan Liberto uh, reminded us that this life is not just about behavior modification. It's about a totally changed life. And uh, she was teaching our Bible study in Kingsville. It's not about behavior modification. God is not trying to get your, your behavior all right, like as an external thing. It's about a totally changed life. And uh, I, my subject is Romans chapter 7. But I'm going to the latter part of Romans chapter 6, starting in verse 14. I want to go there to bring you up to speed, and I will try to do it as quickly as possible. And if I cannot do it, I promise you I will do it on Wednesday, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll just wrap it up on Wednesday. This is voluminous, and Romans is a book that is very intricate. It is a book that 
many of the greatest theologians disagree on and they, they wrestle. So uh, if, you, if there's something that's strongly uh, maybe opposed to you or you're opposed to it, you can talk to me about it. You can talk to me about it. I'm approachable, all right? But this is the, uh, what God has given me to share. Romans 6, 14 says, For sin shall not have dominion over you. This is for every believer. Sin shall not have the dominion over you. A number of, of pastors I've heard in the past talk about, you're going to sin every day. I can't stand that when a pastor says that. You might sin, but not you're going to. That, that's, that's not what the Bible tells us. She says, for sin shall not have dominion over you, shall not rule over you. For you are not under law, because the law is for the lawbreakers. It's, it's for, uh, we'll get to that in a minute. It says, but you're under grace. So you and I, by faith in Christ, have been taken out of the sphere, S-P-H-E-R-E. We are taken out of the realm where, where sin dominates. I know we're still in this body, but we, while we're in this body, we're living in a new place. We're in a new sphere. I talked about the fact that we live in the Western Hemisphere. And so I can't live in the Western Hemisphere and in the Eastern Hemisphere at the same time. It's an impossibility. And so we want, to, we want you to get that. Now, now um, verse 15 says, what, what then shall... Shall we sin? What then? Shall we sin because we're not under the law but under grace? He says, certainly not. Now, the King James, the KJV says, God forbid. It's a little stronger than certainly not. Certainly not is more like academic. Certainly not. But God forbid means shut up, you know. <laughs> you know it's, it's, it's a tough one, right? God forbid. He said, do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey? Obey is the operative word here. It's the word you want to hang on to. You present yourselves slaves to obey. You are that one slaves whom you obey. So obedience is very important to God, but it's also important to that world sphere. So you obey all of that crazy stuff that's out there. While you are supposed to obey Jesus, there's a, uh, for me, an insurmountable conflict in my spirit. Well, in a sense it is. But there is a conflict in my spirit. And I, I don't, I can't do both. It doesn't matter what the world system says. Now, I said this later on in my message, uh, in the first service, but I'm going to say it now. You and I are, are the seeing we are the people who have seen God, you know, and we have seen the Son. We have, we have seen eternal life. We are, we are partakers of it. So, it's from God's perspective, from God's point of view, we are the seeing in the world. And we are following, oftentimes, the blind. I can understand the blind following the blind. And we're speaking metaphorically here. But you cannot be a seeing person following the blind. And so that's what I am here to say to all of us, but not only those of us who are here, but those of us who are online as well. And so, now listen, he says, you are the one slave whom you obey. 
whether of sin leading to death or obedience leading to righteousness. So my obedience to God leads to righteousness, right conduct, right, right conduct, conduct, right th thoughts, right thinking. That's what God wants. Verse 17 says, but God be thanked that though you were, past tense, uh, this is for believers, though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine, the Christian faith, that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. And so what he says to us is that when we believed God through Jesus Christ, we were delivered from something to something. So we were delivered from control, slavery to sin. We were delivered from the world system into the glorious gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what we were delivered to. You can't live in both places at the same time. You're either in, in the righteous kingdom or you're in the sin. That's, that's it. You can't live in them both. So he tells us where we were delivered. Verse 18 says, and having been set free, this is New King James I'm reading from, and having been set free uh, from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. Now, you know by now, those of you who followed us, I don't prefer set free. Set free works. But I think what works better is the way the KJV reads, King James Version. It says you've been made free. And so the Holy Spirit didn't come just to say, skedaddle, move. He came to make us something. And so the Holy Spirit in us made us free, brought us into the sphere of Christ, the sphere of righteousness. It brought us into that realm so that we, we are not living in the world system and the kingdom of God at the same time. It's just not, it's not possible. So I do know that we are bodily here. But we're, we don't just live where our body is in this context. We live in the Spirit. We live in Christ. That's why the Bible says things about us that if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation, a new type of humanity. Old things have continued? No. They have passed away. And behold, all things for us are made new. That's what Scripture says. And so... Now, the church that is in our day must grasp this. We must lay hold of it firmly because there, there's so much that is required of us because you can find, no matter where you go in the world, it's, it's aberrant to God. It's, a, it's contrary to God. It's sinful. It's totally worldly. They have solutions there are no solutions. <laughs> and uh, the same, as I said to you, the same problems I was teaching uh, one of our young people, uh, uh, government, uh, you know, uh, one of our homeschoolers, I was teaching her government. And I show, pointed out to her that the same problems we had in America in the 1700s, we're still dealing with them. And if that doesn't tell you that those worldly solutions don't work, I don't know what I have to do, stand on this podium? Because I'm sure it's going to fall off if I stand on this podium. But what do I have to say or do? What I'm saying to us, you and I have the, the, the last, my pastor used to say, the last thing that came out of heaven. We have the indwelling Holy Spirit who has brought to us Christ. Because the Holy Spirit 
life in us argues for the divinity of Jesus Christ. So you and I have the life of Christ working in us, and at the same time, we live in this spiritual realm, this Christ sphere. Wow. And so having been made free from sin, we're made free. You became slaves of righteousness. Can't be slaves of both. Slaves of righteousness. And he says, I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. And so he's, 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 he's giving us uh, analogies that we can grasp and understand. He says here, uh, for just as you presented your members, your, your body, your members, as slaves of uncleanness and of lawlessness leading to more lawlessness. Yeah, that's how we were. So you may be an instant, but I was never that bad, but you were lawless. And, and you, you did unclean things. You had unclean thoughts. And the enemy still tries to uh, draw, uh, fly over our heads and drop a thought bomb. He still does. And, I mean, I, I, you know, the Bible says that we have the helmet of salvation. And so you, you have to claim that. You have to speak that over you. Yes, the enemy wants you to think bad thoughts. He says, get out of here, devil. In Jesus' name, get out of here, devil. Who you think you are? Get out of here. That's how you can talk to, to him, all right? All right, so let me keep going. So you and I were slaves, the Bible says, slaves, slaves. Let, let me t let's talk about slave for a minute. Let me define that before we go further. From slaves to sin to slaves of God. So when you talk about slavery, you talk about a bond servant, somebody who is a bond servant or somebody who is a literal slave. And so to use that metaphorically, you know, as a metaphor, it's one who gives himself up to the will of uh, of another. It's one whose service in our context is used, uh, whose service is used by Christ in extending and advancing his cause. So we are willingly given ourselves to Christ and said, Christ, Lord Jesus, do whatever you want to with me. Some of us have said that to extend your cause, to advance your cause. And so I gave you my little, uh, preamble to the message today when I said, if I offend you, just keep listening. I mean, don't run out because I say one thing that you disagree with and I've said 150 things that you agree with. Don't, don't, let's don't argue over the one thing, okay? Because I will say some things, I promise you, that are controversial and I'm a guy who doesn't want to fight. I don't have the, the, the energy. Okay. All right, brother. Okay, it's, a slave is someone devoted to another to the disregard of his own interests. So that is, living in this life, I've said to you before, I don't think it's fair to be married to me. And I don't say that just, it's not just some preacher talk. I don't think it's fair to be married to me. But I know that God, would, for the person who is married to me, I believe God has something special for that person. I seriously do it because I'm always looking over the horizon. What does Jesus want? What does Jesus want? It may not be fair to be my children or my grandchildren because I'm always looking over the horizon. What does Jesus want? It's like my life. It's not my own. 
And this is what Jesus wants for all of us. Summertime, we're trying to find solution in this world, in this life. And all we want to do is, is to get something. And even we have, we have polluted the doctrine of faith by telling people, use your faith to satisfy your every whim and your every need. That's not right. You know, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ never owned a chariot born in a stable. His bassinet was a feeding trough. Walked everywhere he went. Left his disciples without a bank account. He is king of kings and lord of lords. Left them without a bank account. Had no bank notes. So Jesus wasn't after all the things that our preachers so often tell us to be after, go after. And sometimes, somehow your holiness is representative of the things you have. That's wrong. And that's wrong. So I, I'm called to call it out. You know, I don't want rocks thrown at me, but if they come, yeah, y'all bring some salve. So he says, for just as you... In the past, I'm adding in the past, presented your members as slaves to uncleanness and of lawlessness, lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness. So now, just like you used to do that for the devil, so now, since you've been saved by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross who shed his blood, the innocent for the guilty, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness for holiness. That's what God wants. Not just somebody who shook a preacher's hand and declared himself just. Verse 20. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. You lived in a whole different realm. You were free in regards to righteousness. You were free. When you were out there doing your thing, you were free in regard to righteousness. No, nobody's getting saved because of you. Says verse 21, ask a question. What fruit then did you have? What fruit did you have then in the things of which you're not ashamed? What was the fruit? For the end of those things is death. So, so he's saying, he's saying very emphatically. This is pronounced, right? The things we used to do were death. The, the end result was death. Death to the people we influence and death to ourselves. That's, that's wild. But now, but now, having been set free from sin or made free from sin and having become slaves of God, now you are now, are now doulos of God, slaves of God, bondservants of God, people who have God's interests rather than their own. Wow. You have your fruit now to holiness, cleanliness, and the end, everlasting life. So we're on a journey, everybody. We're on a journey. We're, we're, we're going to see the king. That song, I'm going to see the king. We're going to see the king. Our end is everlasting life. We've already begun it, but we're going to reach the place when we're going to see our creator, our savior, face to face. Yeah. And some, some people don't seem to find that exciting. And so he says, then he, Paul ends, he says, for the wages of sin is death. So the wages of sin. I was trying to make that grammar right. 
but it is right. And I'm going to tell you why sometime, but not today. For the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's our sphere. That's our sphere. Jesus Christ our Lord. That's our sphere. That's where we live. That's where we operate. So now let's look at something. You see, these verses that I'm about to read in Romans 7, I'm going to read six verses hopefully, they continue uh, the discussion that Paul began in Romans chapter 6, 15, which I just uh, I read even 14. Uh, so they were answering the question, they were answering the question that people would naturally have, shall we sin because we're not under the law, but under grace? So he used the illustration of a master and a servant in the, uh, in the first part in, in Romans 6, 15 through the end of the chapter. And, uh, and, and he explained how the Christian should yield himself to God by using that master servant or master slave. But in, in this part that I'm going to read in Romans 7, this passage, he uses the illustration of a husband and wife to show the believer has a new relationship uh, to the law because of the believer's union with Jesus Christ. So you have a new relationship. And so he's going to show, show that. So if you're ready, your seatbelts are on, we'll go to Romans 7. <laughs> he says, or do you not know, brethren, and also the sister in, all right, you ladies are involved. For I speak to those who know the law, that the law has dominion, listen to this, the law has dominion or rulership over a man as long as he lives. The law does. God's law does. Uh, and let me say, just in case I don't get there, I want you to know every one of us was born into sin, and sin dominated our lives. But before we knew anything about God's law, we just did whatever we wanted to do, you know? But the law cannot save you. And, and I, I talked in the early service about some brothers walking around wanting to be, quote, unquote, Jewish in the sense, and, and they, they do all those things, and they said they're going to keep the law. Nobody ever caught, kept the law. Brother John told us there's approximately 117 billion people have lived on this planet since this, this beginning, and not one of them kept the law except Jesus Christ. That's why we go to him for help. What do you think, you're going to be number two? No. No, so you don't do that. The, 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 the Jews never kept the law. They couldn't keep the law. They had some works righteousness. It was never the righteousness that God demands. Yes. Wow. Somebody say amen. amen. So Paul says that the law has dominion over man as long as he lives. And so, so that begs the question, well, where are you going, Paul? He says as long as he lives. And so what God had to do was to take us into death to get us out of that sphere of the law where the law demanded, demanded, and we couldn't deliver. The law demands. You know, when that policeman tells you, 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 know, you know, stop, buddy, I stop. You say, you're scared? No, I got respect. I stop. Say, put your hands up. I don't say, why? I put my hands up. Well, because the law has dominion over a person as long as they live. 
So, so look here. He's talking here about God's law. He says, for the woman who has a husband is bound by the law to her husband as long as he lives. Now, you women get that, huh? <laughs> Talk to the women. <laughs> as long as he lives. Yeah. Some women have taken the law in their own hands. That's terrible. <laughs> says, but if the husband dies... Listen, if the husband dies, he's speaking of us, the church, she is released from the law of her husband. So then, if while her husband lives, she marries another man, she will be called an adulteress. But if her husband dies, she is free from that law, so that she is no adulteress, though she has married another man. Therefore, my brethren, you also have become dead to the law through the body of Christ that you may be married to another, to him who was raised from the dead, that we should bear fruit to God. This, this has always been a difficult scripture for me since my childhood, my youth. I did not understand Paul's analogy. It just didn't make sense to me because it was like Paul says that, that we died. It seems like if it, it had followed, it would have been the man died. But no, the law held us. Uh, and so what God did, the, it, was, it, it held us in its grip because it had dominion over us as long as we live. So what God did, when you and I expressed faith in Jesus Christ, what we did, what God did was he took that confession and he placed us in the, the one that we believed in, the one we trusted in. Placed it up, placed it, placed us in Christ. Yes. Placed it us may work for somebody here. <laughs> but he placed us in Christ, right? And so we are in Christ, and then, of course, uh, Christ in us. So that's what he did to make sure we, we were, as it were, dead to the old realm. And when Christ got out of the grave, we also got out of the grave as well. We were resurrected with him, but not in the old sphere because Paul teaches us that Christ died to sin. And I told you before that I had issues with that. What does he mean, Christ died to sin? I'm always the offender. Don't mess with Jesus, boy. You know, so, so but, he, but he was right. Christ died out from the, the sphere of sin, not fear, sphere, realm of sin. He died from that. And the, the result is, it's so amazing, the wisdom of God, because God wanted to bring us out of the realm of sin. So Christ had to die to sin, not that he was a sinner. He was not a sinner, but he died to that realm, in that realm where sin dominated. Sin so dominated that, that men who called themselves God's children, God, rather God's people, God's servants, killed him, along with the Romans, along with the Romans. You have to say that. So, so then you see how sinful that was. Killed God's only son. Mankind did it. Okay? Mankind did it. If you're Jewish here today, you don't have to defend that. We all did it. The Romans representing the Gentiles and, of course, those Jewish people. So, uh, now let me read verse 6. Uh, verse 6. Let me read 5 and 6, and then we'll go back. We'll take a few minutes. For when we were in the flesh, that means before Christ. When we were in the flesh, the sinful passions which were aroused by the law were at work in our members to bear fruit to death. So this is what it looks like. 
They, someone did an experiment once. They went on, I think it was a junior high campus, and they put, had a barrel, and they put a sign on it, do not open. And all the kids went down there wondering, daring each other, who would open it? You know, who's going to open it? And they were around that barrel. That's what the, how the law was. The law was causing us to, uh, it was arousing our passion. It said, don't steal. I wonder if I can get away with that. You know, whatever the law says, don't covet. Mm, and all, so now you want to covet. You know, you, you want, you, whatever the law says, we wanted to do that. And so, those sinful passions that were in us that we were unaware of, the law exposed them. So, the law can't save you, but it can sure tell you how bad you are. All right? The law shows you how bad you are. And we're going to get into that in, in one of the next sessions. So, uh, let's read verse 6. But now we have been delivered from the law. So don't try to keep the law. We've been delivered from the law. How? Having died, this is the wisdom of God, to what we were held by so that we died so that we should serve God in the newness of the Spirit. Newness of the Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is not there just as, as a pretense or... God, the Holy Spirit is not there to give us goosebumps. The Holy Spirit is there so that we might live in this Christ sphere. Because without the Holy Spirit, we can't live in this house, this Christ sphere where we are living right now. Okay? And uh, so we serve in the newness of the Spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. The letter, my dad, one of his favorite verses was, um, the, uh, the letter killeth. But the Spirit gives life. And the Spirit gives life. So the, the, the Mosaic law and the commandments of the Old Testament, God made those, com those commandments and, and those uh, demands, but we couldn't keep them. And it showed us who we were. Now let me, so I'm going to sort of wrap this up in the next probably seven or eight, eight or so minutes. But it's important that I read this. So we now live not in the old economy of the law because we died. So when we died in, and, uh, in, in Christ, we died. And then when Christ rose, we were resurrected. So we are not in that sphere any longer. We're in the sphere of grace. And so Paul was asking, he said, well, well what do you mean? He said, he said, shall we sin because we're not under law but under grace? No, he's saying, God forbid, certainly not. You've got it all wrong. We have power that we have not tapped into. And this is what God is doing. I d firmly believe it. He's getting us ready. He's getting us ready for the time in which we live now. But this thing is about to crescendo. And we're going to see everything falling apart. So you can't get crazy with the crazies. Yeah. You, you, you know, uh, there was a... There was a, 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 a man once, who was, there were two Christians, they were arguing over something, and, and one of the guys were really upset, and, uh, and he wanted to, to, to slap somebody. And in this story, it's a true, true story, and so one of them was saying, no, no. He said, no, brother, no, brother. The, 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 the Lord said, he said, I don't care about the Lord. And he caught himself. I don't care about the Lord. He caught himself. You don't want to live like that. You don't live like that. You know, it may hurt you. you. You may be breaking inside, 
You may even go to tremble, but you do what Jesus says. Hey, hey we're, we're under his grace. This is what he shared his blood for. So let's walk it out. He's going to have a people. The question is, are you one of them? I want to be one of them. But let's show you what the law is for. The law. The law exposes you. It tells you who you are. And so he says, so this is something I wrote. I said, verse 6 is important, the one I just read, because it explains God's strategy in taking the believer into death and thereby out of the dominion of sin. You and I have more power than we've ever used because he has taken you out of, I like to say, out from, out from way from. Y'all get that one? <laughs> so, <laughs> that's what East Texas is. My wife one day asked me, she said, do you know what out from way from means? I said, I don't know what that means. Oh, get yourself out from way from here before I... So, so he took us out of the dominion of sin, the rule of sin. So we're no longer under the law. You and I, we're no longer, that doesn't mean we're lawless. We're not lawless, but we're no longer under the law. I can explain that maybe in a minute. But we're under grace, under the grace of God. We now live in the sphere of God's grace. So what do we say about the law? According to 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 9 through 11, this is what the law says. We have, okay, we have learned that the law is not made for a righteous person. Now, that's what our teaching has shown us. The law is not made for a righteous person, but for the lawless and insubordinate, for the ungodly and for sinners, for the unholy and profane. For murderers of fathers and murderers of mothers, for manslayers, for fornicators, for sodomites. He gets, he gets both, right? He gets the heterosexual and he gets the homosexual. So we're not here to bash homosexuals like, you're the worst. Come on, some of these heterosexuals are horrible. Because a lot of this we've seen in heterosexual people, right? Okay, so I'm not apologizing for dealing with the homosexuals, and I'm not apologizing for dealing with the heterosexuals. I'm a preacher of the gospel, the good news, and I want to see Jesus' face. So the law is for kidnappers, for liars, for liars. You know, you're showing your television and the news, full of liars. Now, my problem is, that some Christian folk are validating liars. You can't be on the side of liars. You're in another sphere. You're supposed to be having fruit to God, not fruit to the world system. Are we still together? Okay, we're still together. For the law is for kidnappers for liars, for perjurers. That means another kind of liar, somebody who will lie under oath, put their hand on the Bible and lie. The law, it says, and if there's any other thing that is contrary or opposed to sound doctrine, according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which 
was committed to my trust. So God's objective in doing uh, what we've just said, uh, bringing us out of the sphere of the law, is that we might bear fruit to him, that, that, we, that we might have our fruit as holiness, that is righteous living, and not somebody saying to us, well, you can't help but sin. That's a lie. It's not like we are so helpless. We've been brought out of that sphere, out of that sphere. That's what the Bible says. Now, we can, we can, we can misconstrue, misunderstand the Word of God, but the Bible says is that, is that Jesus is now our, our sphere. He is now our operating space. That's what Jesus is. See, we are now in him. That's, that's amazing. But conversely, he is now in us. So he is our enablement. Jesus is our enablement. And so some people wrestle with these things. They wrestled with them, but there's no wrestling. Sure, I'm going to stop right now, but I want to ask you a question. We're going to baptize a few people in just a moment. There's a lot more I had to say about this. I wanted us to know some things, and I'll do it in the next session. I think I'll come back Wednesday. I was going to have somebody else preach Wednesday, but I'll, I'll preach Wednesday, and I will sit down, and I will, or I may stand up Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> And so, I will share with you the truth of God. Let me say one more time. This is a life that so many of us don't hear because we have preached a gospel that is not good news. Jesus saves us. Jesus keeps us. I can't save myself, but Jesus has, Jesus can. Jesus can keep you from evil. There was a song that they used to sing when I was a boy. This is another day that the Lord has kept me. This is another day that the Lord has kept me. He has kept me from all evil. With my mind stayed on him. This is another day that the Lord has kept me. That's our reality. That's our reality. That's our reality. And if we don't know that reality, we don't know the Lord who bought us. The only man out of 117 billion that lived every day righteously, died a righteous death. And now he's going to take a whole train of captors with him to glory. And that's you. Now, if you don't know Jesus, I'm not saying, not like the old song, I got my religion just in time. I'm not talking about religion in that sense. I'm talking about relationship. And if you, if you don't have this relationship, you can have it. I'm going to come back in a minute. I'm asking Sister Steph to, to sing something. I want to give you a time to think about it, contemplate. 
If you don't have that, you can have it. Jesus saves. Jesus saves. And grace is the unmerited favor of God. Grace is not an opportunity for you to sin. It's an opportunity for you to get it right. So I'm going to come back in a minute. And I'm going to ask you to come forward just in a minute, okay? Sister Stephanie.